close. This episode was brought to you by William Mitchell Audio. In this episode, we will be discussing some controversial topics. But one thing that is not controversial is that William Mitchell Audio brings excellence, professionalism, and respect to every project. Simply the best audio engineering company in this town and possibly the world. Go to williammitchellaudio.com. My guest today is Hannah High. Hannah High is a sex-positive illustrator that occasionally dabbles into the world of 2D animation. Through her surreal compositions, Hannah uses her work to uplift women and to shed a positive light over sex and sexuality. Due to her religious past, a lot of her work stems from her own personal critique against the evangelical church and traditional gender roles. Although sex is a huge theme within her portfolio, her goal isn't to create shock value for a select audience. Rather, she tries to entice a large scope of people by seducing them with color and intricate sci-fi backgrounds in attempts to give people that aren't comfortable with sex or their bodies something to enjoy. As much as she would love to create visual porn, I feels that it is more important to bridge both groups than to only cater to one of them in order to foster healthy and deep conversation. Hannah's work has been featured on several murals within reading and publications such as Brute and CMYK Top Creative Magazines. She was a finalist for the Paps Blue Ribbon Art Can Contest 2020 and has been exhibited in Berks County, Lancaster, and in Corrientes, Argentina, where she grew up and lived for 10 years. Recently, she was able to illustrate two books, Plant the Seed and Nourish the Seed for Seeds for the Soul. Hi, Hannah. Hi. Your Corrientes was really good, by the way. Thank you so much. I speak a little Spanish. Uh, Oh, cool. That is the best I've ever done reading someone's bio. I don't know. I know. (laughs) I think you've heard some episodes, and that is my weakest point is reading people's bios. Maybe I should do more early morning interviews. Maybe what it is is like later at night, I... I'm foggier at reading because I feel like some people have gotten the impression that like, I almost can't read how bad some of the bios have turned out. (laughs) Oh, you're fine. I'm like that too. I can't type at night just because I won't realize it until I read over what I write. And I'm like, Oh my God, like someone's reading all these typos and it's just gross. And I wouldn't want anyone to read that. Um, You know what? Something tells me you had to go to church when you were a kid. (laughs) Is that a correct assumption? That is a very correct assumption. Um, My dad was a pastor and um, my parents were missionaries in Argentina for 10 years. So I, we had a house church, so I was constantly at church. Okay. So that makes, that makes a little bit more sense. Cause I I always think of Argentina as like a Catholic Mm -hmm. uh, majority country. So it is a a Catholic majority country. However, my parents, okay. So the first two years in Argentina, they went to Buenos Aires which is relatively Catholic, but then um, they decided to go for, it's kind of like a state, but it's a province where um, not a lot of people believe in God. So they decided to go for a place where it was like, quote unquote, dark. Um, and they believed in like St. Death and Cowboy Gil. It would be Gauchito Hill. Um, and then, I don't know, they went to a... a a saint death like sanctuary and like the guy was explaining like one of the leaders was explaining and he like they put like bones of like past like leaders into their skin like it could be kind of jarring for people (laughs) yes so my parents specifically chose like a place where it wasn't very catholic um to like go to um which which was fine. I had a great experience. I actually wasn't that involved just because I was more like, mom, I'm a teenager. Like I just want to live. So I didn't really get too involved, but I did help with like quite a few like community cleanups and like camp and stuff like that. Okay. So you weren't, uh, you weren't born in or in Argentina. No, I was born in Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. That's what I had. A, I was pretty sure that you were uh, from Pennsylvania. That's where you are right now, right? You're in Pennsylvania. Yes. <clears throat> Lancaster. Correct. Um, Wrong. Technically, Lancaster County. I'm from Denver, so it's like a smaller part. No one knows where it is. Not even here. Like they think okay. I like move, for, like commute from school or work to um, 
from Denver, like the Colorado. So, yeah. Do you know how I knew that? Uh, journalistic excellence. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what I bring is it's what I bring to the table every episode. Uh, so, uh, are you anywhere? Is that like I mean, the only part of uh, I mean, I've driven through Pennsylvania, obviously, uh, but the only time I've stopped and hung out is in Philadelphia. Are you near there at all, or? Is that I'm like an hour, hour and a half away, depending if you go on the turnpike or not. I oh, used to live bad. in Philly for <clears> like, <throat> I don't know if it was two years or one year and a half. It's kind of blurry, but um, yeah, I, w- I was like seven though. So I don't have a lot of memories. I, I do, but like not geographical ones. I love Philadelphia. That's, not, that's nice that you're not far from there. I would go there all the time if I was only an hour away. Oh um, yeah. They have amazing and- museums. And Gritty is my uh, my hero right now. <laughs> People that don't, don't know, Gritty is a mascot. But uh, it, the, just in, in meme culture and in so many ways, like Gritty has become uh, uh, an iconic figure in the anti-fascist movement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love that. Uh, so I, I'm moving on a little bit. I just want to say that this is definitely going to be an educational episode in the regard of... Uh, speaking about religion, the way we were just saying, uh, because I know uh, very little about religion from a personal viewpoint, uh, because religion is traditionally passed down generationally. And in my family, going to church ended back in my parents' generation, probably when they were teenagers, is probably when church kind of ended for my family. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously, well before I was even conceived. Uh, <laughs> and also, to add to my lack of understanding, uh, I believe you'll be talking about the evangelical church, and I believe, for the most part, my family would have been mostly Irish Catholic. Okay. And and uh, this, I think already, I've been already asked you this, but uh, Argentina is a mostly Catholic country. Mm-hmm. So how does how does the evangelical church kind of fit in there? Is it like is it very very small? There's not very many people doing it, or is it? I, mean, I don't know. I have no idea. It's something like 0.1 for Christ, but um, even when people, even though it's a Catholic like nation, I wouldn't say that a lot of people are truly Catholic. Like it's kind of like what you said, where it's kind of like grandparents or like parents maybe, but a lot of people subscribe to the notion that they are Catholic, but don't necessarily go to like church or anything like that. So it's kind of like, oh, I vaguely believe I'm not really diving deep into it kind of thing where my it's almost like their beliefs doesn't necessarily affect their life, which is great. Like, I honestly love it when people aren't so preachy and like, like, I don't care what you believe, but I don't necessarily think that you need to push your lifestyle onto other people. Or, um, this is not to to your point at all, but it just popped in my head. Speaking of people that who were like, because Catholic in a lot of ways is an identity uh, beyond the religion itself. Yes. And that's why you have like, for instance, uh, mafia uh, dons and like mafia uh, soldiers, you know, like who literally are will straight up just go kill people and do all kinds of awful fucked up shit. But they're to themselves. They do deeply believe that they are Catholic people. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, I can go over so many like issues where I find where it's kind of contradictory, like especially when people subscribe to the idea that God is a benevolent um, being, just because if you look at specifically the Old Testament, like I feel bad for the Jews because no offense, but like the Old Testament is the worst one. Like that's where so much like murder is taking place, so much rape and like, I just can't like, like if you don't have like the resurrection, where are you? Just because I don't know, that just sounds like it takes like all like the love of Christ to just like a very angry, selfish human, like not human being, but being. So yeah. We will, we will actually get it be getting into later (laughs) on to uh, some of uh, some stuff about the the Abrahamic religions, which is the, uh, Jews, Muslims, and Christians. and But I also want to take this moment right now because we are talking about you and your art. And I know that I brought up religion because uh, it's one of the, uh, it's one of the inspirations, I guess, and part of, fundamentally uh, some of like the subject matter comes from that. 
but I would suggest to anyone that can right now to go ahead and uh, Google Hannah High uh, artwork. Your last name is spelled H-I-G-H. And just in case uh, you didn't read that when you started the podcast, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, to check out your artwork or you can go to uh, just check it out on Instagram by going, you can just go to literally my last post. She's LinkedIn and it goes straight to that. But if you're driving and you can't do something like that, uh, allow me to, to try to describe it myself for a second and then hand it over. Uh, I would describe Hannah High's artwork as uh, fucking rad and really good. And that's, I'm not, a, I'm, not, I'm not an art critic, so that's about as good as I can do. So, uh, <laughs> Hannah, fine. how would you describe it? How would you, how would you describe your art? So my art stems from religion, but like from two different like aspects. So obviously, if you look at it, you're going to be like, how is this like point to religion? But um, I would say I definitely for my thesis, which definitely like took off like my art style. um, I took away from like a lot of paintings, like the Garden of Earthly Delights, which has like a bunch of like naked people um, that Heronius Bosch like painted and during the Renaissance era. And I would take like the Sistine Chapel. And I'd look at um, all like the naked people that Michelangelo painted. Um, And so there's definitely a lot of like naked and like nudity within religious art that a lot of people don't think of. They just think of like this white Jesus that he probably most likely wasn't white. And um, actually, can I I interrupt you just for one moment? Because this is something I may have have should have said because like a lot of people uh, obviously are possibly driving right now or you know they can't just stop and look at your artwork and uh that is a a really great way to describe it because a lot of it does remind me of like perhaps like the Sistine Chapel or uh Hieronymus Bosch or some of the these renaissance paintings except for that your artwork is very sci-fi uh yes. extremely vibrant colors and um uh and has an animated look and I just wanted to just throw that in there really quick just so people get more of a vibe that haven't seen your art yet. Oh yeah. So when I say all this, I'm not talking about very prudish art. Um, so like the next part would be more like, kind of like my background, like grappling with like my own sexuality and just like being okay with like masturbation or something like that. Um, I feel like in religious communities, even though I feel like, I feel like religious communities are kind of their own bubble. So obviously America and multiple other countries are already over this like hump but I feel like there's a lot of like Christian communities that are still all about like oh I'm only stuck with anal until I get married type of philosophy (laughs) I've known a couple people that believe that too which is (laughs) so outrageous that they think that uh like God like won't know if they if they did anal but like (laughs) it's like because they're still technically a virgin so it's not against the rules it's like what kind of mental gymnastics people go through to be like, just to have sex, you know, when, when they've been conditioned to believe that it's uh, sinful, it's just, it's insane. Oh, it's crazy. Like the things that I have heard that people like justify, like we do everything but penetration and it's just like, okay, well, where are lesbian, where's lesbian sex on the map then? Just because like, I'm not saying they don't because it all varies from person to person. There are, plenty of lesbians that like um, penetration but yeah no it, it's just kind of weird and I feel like there's a lot of misinformation and it all it stems from school I think a lot of people have terrible like sex educations where they're always scared of like pregnancy and like they're scared of like the pill or anything like that when there's plenty of other birth controls out there um so yeah and then the side pie part that you like talked about um it's more comes from So my parents were kind of weird. Um, They were very religious. However, they're more liberal in the sense that um, I watched Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Harry Potter as a kid. Like, I watched that more than cartoons. Um, The Matrix, um, which is actually an allegory for, like, trans. So, um, so yeah, I think a lot of that influenced my artwork just because... um, I'm not a nerd or anything like that. Cause if you quiz me on like any trivia question, I don't know anything, but I definitely watch a lot of like sci-fi movies. Um, man, I was, I was getting so, I was so wrapped up listening to you that I lost completely my train of thought of where I, I had something else to say. What was the last thing I said? 
you were talking about anal and how um, a lot uh, yeah. of a lot of oh, religious yeah. people think it's okay oh, and like oh well at least i'm a virgin so have you heard of soaking Ew, no I, that sounds so weird though <laughs> it's, uh, it's, an, it's another one of those uh people that are have very very strict religious like you may not have sex until you're married but you know, like these are like teenagers they're full of hormones like you know and so they have another one of the like uh, I guess like loopholes in what isn't actually sex is if there's no thrusting. So you're allowed to like, Oh, pegging or like, like no, just no, sticking it's, it like, in there? it's like you can, uh, the penis can enter the vagina, but once in there, it can only sit there. You can't like do any moving around or, or it'll count like sex kind of sex. But if you don't move, it doesn't count. <laughs> that's that's sounds so odd. What are you doing? Just sitting in there? Like, that's so weird. Like that just takes away all the fun. What's the point at that point? <laughs> I thought when you were going to say soaking, I thought like, I just got this image of people soaking their genitals for some reason. And I was just like, oh no. <laughs> nah, just weird stuff for people that can't just accept that like you're a human being and you're going to have sex and they're just, you know, the thing is, it's like uh, nature finds a way. What's that from like Jurassic Park? Nature finds a way. Is that oh, what he shoot. says? I've seen that movie, but like, life, I don't remember finds actual lines. Life, finds, life a finds a way. Yeah. That's what Jeff Goldblum says. Okay. <laughs> I'm really bad with movie references. I just wanted to let you guys know that. Well, you I say know, you guys as if you're like a huge like team, but yeah. You do know who, who Jeff Goldblum is though, right? Heard his name. Hold on. Let me what? Google it real quickly. Real quickly. You don't have to. He's well, I just want to say that this podcast is a, is a big friend to Jeff Goldblum and we bring him up occasionally just to talk about what a great actor he is. <laughs> I think I, I I definitely have heard the name and I'm like really good with faces. So I'm pretty sure if I like saw his face, like I would know who he is. But yeah, no, if he supports this like show, like. Oh, yeah, we don't we, we are down with Jeff Goldblum on my views or my own. Hold up. It's time for an important announcement. We've been talking a lot about religion on this episode of the podcast. And maybe you're thinking, what if there was a brand new alternative to whatever religion I currently have. And that's why I'm excited to announce the My Views Are My Own Cult. Other podcasts ask their listeners to join their Patreon for things like exclusive content and bonus episodes. Not me, Chosen Ones. I'm offering membership in a top-of-the-line cult. I know you're thinking, but Doug, aren't cults bad? And the answer is, yes, stupid, shitty, cheap cults are bad. This is a premium, extremely exclusive cult. I will be wearing only the finest silk robes and bejeweled turbans, and I'll be saying all kinds of awesome, mystical shit two hours a day, three days a week. I have a platinum plan for whoever decides to buy me the farm or compound or wherever we're going to live. And memberships go all the way down to the bronze plan, where you just do all the farm work and hand out literature at outlet malls and swap meets. Obviously, I'm going to be very busy on some vision quests, so you guys go ahead and figure out all the financial stuff and legal documents. As a matter of fact, if you happen to be a criminal defense lawyer, then you are automatically bumped up to platinum status. I can't wait to tell you guys whatever you want to hear. Go to myviewsaremyown.com to sign up today. And now back to the interview. Uh, <laughs> but let's uh let's get back to uh your art because i definitely i don't know i shouldn't i should not have brought up soaking but it's just too funny not to so. <laughs> it's a real thing i didn't make that up all right <laughs> um oh this is something I'm, i am really curious about okay so as you can see behind me you see the painting behind me yes that's uh an acrylic uh actually I, uh the only other visual artist guest that i had on painted that oh, for nice. me and uh as you can see, it is a panda holding dildo nunchucks. Oh, okay. So that's what I requested that. So what's one of the only paintings I ever commissioned. And I was like, hey, make, drop me a panda, but make sure he's got some dildo nunchucks to defend himself. Oh, wow. Uh, I, have I only... didn't even see. I saw the panda bear, obviously. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, God, let me get to the point. That was really off subject, but not entirely. Because what it is, as I know how that painting was made. It was done with acrylic paint and it's on canvas. Uh, but with your art and obviously I've never seen your art, like other than just, uh, what you've sent me, what you've emailed me, you know, I haven't, mm -hmm. uh, 
I have no idea what your process is or what your how you make it. So your art has a super animated look, you know, and I want like how do you make your art? What like how is it? I have my iPad right next to me. Um and I basically use the program Procreates and um I do a so a lot of people um may not work this way but may work this way where I will do like a sketch and most people think that you do sketch to line work to like the color adding the color with me I'm sketching like ugly sketches like multiple times just because I like very thin lines so I might do a sketch I might refine said sketch I might refine it again then I might line it then I might color it Uh, as far as rendering goes um I definitely like to fill in whatever object um, with one color. And then I like to do a gradient and then I like to cell shade it, which is where you take a hard brush and you shade it and then highlight it. Um, um, so like uh, working with a, with an iPad, cause you do uh, you also do animation, uh, but I, yes. I also a lot of your, your uh, work is, is uh, still uh, pictures. Is that, is that how you say it? Still pictures? You would just call um, illustrations, but still really? pictures yeah, illustrations. Works, especially if you're <clears throat> comparing it to animation. I just, I wanted to mean like, you know, like as some of your work is actually animated, it actually moves and a lot of your work is illustrations. That is just what it is. Uh, is like, and I don't know the process of this because I've never worked this way uh, if, with any visual art I've created. Do you like, do you have some like, do you have like a selection of styluses? That's how you get the, the, the lines during the sketches. Like, how is that part done? Um, so it's one stylus. I don't have the cap because I lost it, but it's one pen. And then in my program, which I use, which is Procreate, um, I get to pick different brushes and then that will give me different effects. So the brush I specifically go for is dry ink because I like to have a little bit of grain. Um, but if you obviously look at it, you're going to think that every line is like very smooth. You have to almost zoom in very close in order to see it, um, which I like, but, um, I, I like it just because if people are interested, they can get like a little bit more visual interest, but from a distance, you still can like see the lines. Um, and yeah, my artwork can take her anywhere between like 25 to like 40 hours, depending on the project. Um, specifically my COVID-19 animation has been well over that just because it's just been se- doing segments and doing like those little dumb medical videos where you do like little parts like oh it entered the body now what type of thing you know i had no intention of this interview becoming uh an advertisement for an ipad but i want an ipad <laughs> so bad right now i don't have one and like i want one so bad because i want to i want to be able to do some stuff like what you do i mean obviously i wouldn't be on your level but it would just be really cool to be able to to try them it seems just it seems like a really, really fun way to make art. Oh yeah, it's a lot like paper. So I used to do, so if you look at my previous art, I used to do a lot of um, impressionism and I used to go really ham with the paint and I really liked the texture and I was all about not realism, but definitely very far from cartoony. So, um, but I've always liked the cartoony look but only like with an iPad did I like find that balance where I actually could get there. But yeah, um, it's a lot like paper. Like if you use it, especially the right brush and if you use specifically appropriate, I like that even more than Photoshop. Cause I, uh, for, for a very long time, I wanted to create a, a graphic novel, but I was talking to my, my friend who knows kind of like what I would need. And he was like, well, you're going to have to have an iPad if you want to do when I was explaining what I want, you know? And he was yeah. like, but, uh, you know, maybe I'll do that, or maybe someday you and I can collab, and <laughs> maybe I can send you like a like a screenplay, and you can turn it into a graphic novel, and we'll both be famous. <laughs> I would love to do that. Uh, we could both we could be like the new Stan Lees. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do want to talk a little bit more about process, uh, okay. and for instance, uh, I wrote this interview this morning on my phone, uh, listening to drum and bass super loud and running around in the rain with my dog. And when I say write, I mean, I opened my notes app and I yelled ideas at it. And that's basically my process for writing interviews. Uh, In fact, 
drum and bass made it into my top five genres in the Spotify 2020 wrapped because it's literally how I do write most of these interviews. So I guess it got listened to enough during interview writing to oh, wow. like become one of my top five genres, even though it's something I don't listen to any other time. I just, I just it, you know, like it's, it's good because it's just like, you know, and it's like, yeah, it's non-distracting uh, verbally. You know, I can't listen to like, you're not going to sing to it or anything. Yeah. yeah it's just, it's just, uh, it's very driving. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I don't know. It just motivates me. I like it. Uh, man, that was a long way to get to this. But <laughs> what, what my question is, is, uh, you know, what kind of music do you like to play while you're making your art or do you just do it in silence? Ooh, so I don't really listen to music in the sense I, I listen to music, but not always when I'm drawing, just because I have the habit of wanting to switch the song or replay that same song um, or sing to it, like you said. And I know I can always go for music that doesn't have sound, but obviously I'm going to like prefer one song over the other, especially if I do the I do the YouTube um, play where it just continues. So you, sometimes you get like not the best like. Yeah, song. some bullshit comes on. Yeah. Yeah. So I usually watch YouTube. I don't really watch. I shouldn't say that. I will listen to um, visual podcasts and I will put on YouTube videos and I'll just have that going as I draw because I find that as long as it's not like a series where it's important and pertinent for me to like watch it, um, I can listen to that. I feel like I'm indulging something and I'm not sitting in silence and then I'm able to draw and I don't have reference when I draw um I I shouldn't say that so if I am drawing something like a monkey or something like that obviously I'm going to look at a photo of one but it's very rare for me to like pick up reference like very very rare which is why I tend to draw a lot of organic looking um sci-fi landscapes as opposed to what people think of like spaceships and like harder um I don't know, more machine-like looking things. Um, I definitely try to go for more like utopias. Um, I don't know why, why you were just reminding me of this, but uh, I had watched a, a doc. Do you know who uh, Robert Crumb is? No. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so it's, well, it, it's, very, it's, it's old. It's from the 1960s. He was a comic book artist in the 1960s, and I watched a documentary about him. But uh, one thing that I found really, really interesting, even more so than a lot of the – even why, like, his subject matter was uh, – his habit of, or it's not a habit, but his method of taking a camera and going around the city that he lived in and taking photographs of like shit, like telephone poles and, and like antennas and shit that just hangs off buildings. Like all this, uh, basically like just kind of like this junk in our urban land and landscape that you that we don't even see anymore. Like you, at this yeah. point, you don't, you don't even notice that there's electrical transformers everywhere and just shit, every, you know, uh, sewage grates in the ground, all this stuff. It's, you're, it's almost invisible to you. And that was uh, part of why his, it was something like his attention to detail. And what that was so interesting about that is in order to, cause all of his stuff took place uh, mostly in San Francisco. And I guess you w- wouldn't notice it unless you knew that's what he was doing it. But a lot of what the reality from it was the fact that he had taken photographs of all the real just junk in that's in space and it's all in there. So you see it. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, no, that's like really cool. Like he's taking like mundane objects and like giving them more life, I guess. I just think, I think in your imagination, if you imagined a city and then, and then uh, drew it, you probably would forget to add all the, extra trash that's just around and like just trash oh, on yeah. the ground in general <laughs> like, like literal trash <laughs> yeah oh especially me i've done a couple um cyberpunk like landscapes where it's like a city um and yeah i never draw trash and that i think about it and i think it's just because a lot of people like to focus on the beauty or like to focus especially with artwork like you can visually edit out what you don't want so you could totally have a city that's perfectly clean and then if you want to make it look um, polluted, you would just add smoke in the air. But I don't see a lot of people draw trash. Yeah, and also, um, uh, I don't even know why I brought it up. It's just, just the, it, you made me think about it, and it was something that cool from a different artist that I thought of. But I also like, I don't think it would be appropriate for your art because a lot of, <laughs> I mean, like this, what, what a lot of what your art is is like, it's looking at something very visually pleasing or yes. uh, striking. And 
I wouldn't necessarily want to look at a bunch, like I wouldn't want your art to uh, feel like it's cluttered with the things that, you know, that are cluttering our world right now that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. I mean, Oh, go ahead. If I had to draw trash, I'd probably draw like, I don't know, a water bottle, like dunked into like holographic, I don't know, substance or something like that. Just because you're right. I do like to make idealized images. Um, and that's even with like body and face. And that's like with the whole like environment. Um, I definitely, it's not only with the color choices where I try to make it seem like very happy, but um, I definitely am guilty of idealizing most forms. I wouldn't say guilty. I would say uh, <laughs> <laughs> you are a champion of uh, doing that. Um, Thank you. Hold up. It's time for another My Views or My Own astrological reading. This week's horoscope is for Gemini. Dear Gemini, with the solar eclipse this month, you will be in an American action thriller film directed by Ang Lee with Will Smith, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Clive Owen, Benedict Wong, and Ralph Brown, and written by David Benioff, Billy Ray, and Darren Lemke. As Saturn moves into Aquarius, you will follow a retiring hitman who is targeted by a much younger clone of himself while on the run from the government. And don't forget to tell that special someone how you truly feel. Thanks, Gemini. And now back to the interview. Hey, let's uh, let's talk some more about process, and then we'll okay. move on from there. But uh, do you ever just go into an evangelical church and walk around for a little bit and say, "Man, this place is pissing me off. I'm super inspired to go uh, make a new work of art." Does that um, happen? <laughs> no, so I left the church like three years ago, actually for work-related purposes, because I was working on like Sundays or whatever. But now since I live with my parents now because of like COVID and all that, but um, yeah, they will occasionally go to like church, like with Zoom. So they'll like hear it. And oh, some people say the most insensitive crap, like some people will just like talk about um I remember specifically this one line that this pastor said where he was talking about it. I don't know how, like, I, I know you said that you weren't brought up religious, um, but there was this time, there was this pagan practice in the Bible where I, I think they like cut into themselves and it was considered like the live blood and it like touched on like tattoos or something like that, like tattoos of different pagan gods. Anyways, he like the pastor, like, Liter he wasn't a pastor actually we don't have a pastor at the moment like he retired so now they're looking for people so now random people within the church are coming forward and coming up with these um sermons so it's really ridiculous but um yeah no he said something along the lines where if people didn't have god they'd be going around cutting themselves and it just sounded so gross because i know what he's talking about but coming from especially like not the politically correct generation I, I hated every bit of that just because it, it was just very insensitive. And I feel like a lot of words come off like that. Like they'll talk about like sexual immorality or they'll talk about like just normal things and they would consider it sin. And it's just kind of very jarring because I will occasionally sit through that. And it's just kind of like, Ooh, I don't like this. This makes me not feel so good. I will do it for you guys occasionally, but definitely not about it and yes it will inspire me to make artwork out of um just because i'm annoyed it's you know and and like i'm definitely and especially from my position of of being a person it's like i'm not an atheist that's not i don't have a position like that either i i guess what you call what you would call me would be agnostic agnostic yeah and i uh super want to believe that uh when i die I get to go to heaven and all my friends are there and all my family and all my pets that died. And like, it's just, and it's awesome yeah. and it's perfect forever. That's a really beautiful thing to believe in. But then there's also like a lot of this other shit that they, that they say, like, you know, uh, I, I read some shit. Like it was this guy, you know, he's well-meaning, but he was trying to get me to read some of his religious shit. He's very uh, devout. And uh, he was kind of gave me this thing. It was like a little bit of a cliff notes on his religious mm -hmm. text and it, oh, I don't know, I was skimming it and I was just going to like try to skim it and then be like, Oh yeah, man, I read it. But I like just so happened to just 
flip right to this page that said like, uh, if two men lay together, it is a bomb. It's an abomination. Leviticus. And I was like, fuck this. I don't know. I'm not reading this. Cause this is, yeah. this is offensive to me, man. <laughs> like, yeah. And, and also, you know, like this shit is like, just it's misinterpreted half the time. I don't, you know, like get the fuck out of here with, it's an abomination for people to, uh, live their their sexuality you know that's that is absolute nonsense i don't know that was just my opinion i don't know oh Uh, no you're absolutely valid in that i mean yeah no that's very prevalent like a lot of people like i understand there's certain like denominations that are very like liberal like i have a cousin and he comes from a very like liberal way of like doing things which is awesome i'm very happy for him and his wife but like there are still people that subscribe to the idea that homosexuality is a sin and you can be you can be gay but you just can't actually act upon it like you basically have to stay single forever and that is just so ridiculous because it's like asking someone that is straight okay would you be gay if god asked you to and if they say yes i don't think they're internalizing that at all they're just saying an answer just so they can, because I feel like at that point they're already trapped in and then they're like, oh shoot, I have to answer a certain way just so my point comes across. So, so it's ridiculous. I guess, yeah, uh, coming down to it from my ag- agnostic viewpoint, I would say love the idea of heaven. I think that's a beautiful idea. And I think, you know, if more people could, could believe that that was how things are going to go, I think it's very comforting. You know, also I love all those, all, you know, the, the teachings of like being giving and uh, trying to help out people. And, you know, a lot of like homeless shelters, like those are religious uh, yes. institutions. Like the government's not doing that. Those are uh, the church is doing that. So shout out to them for that. Uh, I guess, my, you know, my biggest things I'm going to say I don't like are for sure, like pastors saying that uh, telling their congregation that God wants them to have four private jets and, you know, a fucking palace <laughs> like i find that a little yeah. a little bit offensive and then also this uh somehow this uh this anti uh anti-gay thing that they're still doing it's like come on, it's 2020 like just get the fuck over it you know yeah no i think a lot of it um <laughs> i know can i go into politics a little bit hell yeah i got some i got all kinds of political shit i'm about to say in just a minute Okay, so like, (laughs) specifically my area, they're very like into Trump. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm not talking about Pennsylvania as a whole, because thank God for Philly. But um, I know, yes. (laughs) But no, uh, I feel like there's a lot of like, people that voted for Trump that are basically crying about it right now. And those same people most likely are Christian or subscribe to some kind of like religious, like traditional ideology. And it's just like ridiculous. Like people can say like, Oh, it's 2020. Like, how are you um, so anti-gay? And it's just like, you must understand in order for someone to not vote the first time. Cause I understand that like they people, a lot of people thought that you're picking between like the two evils. And I wasn't a huge fan of Hillary anyway, but to vote for them a second time, you're already far gone. Like, you are gone. And the worst part is, I feel like Democrats did not win by a landslide. If anything, it was almost even even, which is, I think it's really funny when people talk about how it's fraud, because it's just like, if it's fraud, why didn't we take the Senate? Like, I don't know how that's going to end up, but like, why aren't we like monopolizing that area and on top of that how comes it's kind of even even you know what i mean like there's like 71 million americans that voted for him and the worst part is he's so anti-american and what i mean by that is he like infringed upon like the first amendment that people those people are crying about like when they talk about um their body, like my body, my choice with a mask, but then where's that fire with like women's rights? Like, I don't know. It's just very contradictory. And yeah, I know that what you're saying with the whole like anti-gay thing, but I really don't know if they will come to terms necessarily just because they're that far gone. And especially if they also subscribe to the idea that it's not, um, it's a choice and there's 
medical evidence if you look at the two brains of like someone that is gay and someone that is straight how there's differences so there is like biological evidence especially for like trans but um i'm going on a rant i'm very sorry but um <laughs> that's what we're here for yeah if they distrust the media now i think that was the most harmful thing that trump could have done like you know what i what people. i love I, I read this this morning that um if you counted up after all of these uh fraudulent lawsuits that he's done and all the millions of dollars he's spent doing that he has now lost the election like 50 times and mm. uh it's it's the most times any politician in american history has ever lost one election it's oh wow <laughs> and, every time, and every time and every time he sues they actually find more votes against him uh but oh let's i, I want to move on to another thing and this is actually it's this there is some political stuff in this so uh it's we're we're definitely staying on the same point oh you're and fine and it's more like uh like, you know like i was saying like we had like we've said several times that i wasn't raised in the church or whatever but uh, I do go to churches uh, for weddings and funerals. And so because of that, I've actually had some very moving experiences in churches. And as a matter of fact, inside of a church is one of the few places I have ever publicly cried. Uh-huh. And I will admit that's one of my toxic masculinity traits, you know, that I refuse to cry in front of people, even if it would be appropriate, you know, that I should. And I only bring that up to say that you also mentioned your art has an intent for uplifting women and this world does seem full of men that seem absolutely determined to keep women down as much as possible. <laughs> Donald fucking Trump. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, can you explain uh, how you express that in your art? Um, about uplifting women. I think I like, so obviously showing like, I, I do draw a lot of like nudes and the reason why I do that is because there's two reasons. So originally with my thesis, I was going to do a lot about um, female empowerment, but I noticed a lot of like women were uncomfortable with the idea of drawing sexy women. So I like turned it all about sex positivity. However, part of like, it's like this back and forth thing where I don't think women should be sexualized as objects in the sense that I'm not the, I'm not a fan of catcalling or like people just like grabbing like women and like saying things but also, um, I do think women are sexual beings. And I feel like there's this, like, idea that men are hornier or something like that. Or, like, it's okay for – actually, it would be praised if a guy has sex with his teacher. But then if it's a girl, she's obviously, like it, – it's considered gross either way. But she'd be considered, like, a slut and, oh, my God, like, you had sex or something like that. And that also goes with just regular, like, teenagers, like, having, like, sex or whatever. Like, if a girl has um, multiple partners, she is considered, like, a slut. But then for a guy, it's considered um, almost praise. So I liked the idea of well, showing oh, abso- women. Absolutely, that's absolutely praised. Uh, that is actually one of yeah. the things that uh, I have. I have one of the strongest opinions of almost any opinion on sexuality that I have is this bullshit double standard where if a girl or woman or whatever we were talking about, we were talking about high school, but you know, let's just say woman yeah. for the sake of making this not sound weird. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if a, if a woman is uh, yeah, like a very sexual being likes to have a lot of sex, has a lot of sexual partners. And then, you know, a bunch of these, and it's, you know, I guess it is men and women that uh, trash talk uh, women that are like that, you know, that are uh, enjoying their life and experiencing, you know, a lot of sex and having a great time. Whereas when you're a dude, if you're doing that, it's like you're a fucking rock star or you're a movie star, you know, like, yeah, uh, then that's how they, that's how, that's how they depict uh, the hero in so many movies, you know, like this this suave badass dude chicks love him he's getting laid all the time and that's cool and we support that and like he's a beast and yeah this double standard that uh mm-hmm. th- and to this day man to this day they st- like that people will just shit all over uh women for doing it i don't i do not fucking get it and i hate it and i'm against it yeah <laughs> I want to clarify one thing. I did say girls. And the reason why I did that is because I recently had a conversation with one of my friends about this, like one show 
where this guy it's I think it's called the teacher or a teacher I don't know what it's called but we were specifically talking about like the double like standards when it comes to um like how women can be like predators too so that's the whole reason why I brought like the teenage demographic but I'm no way like I don't draw teenagers I draw usually very like develop people if you will so they're always adults um oh and illustrations. I, I wasn't even going there with that i just i was i was thinking Ella, there is the fact too, <laughs> that a lot of this toxic shit we're talking about does exist more in the teenage world i think because oftentimes once you've gotten older uh maybe you go away to college or for for whatever other reason you find your tribe and you become the person you truly are and then you're not so beholden to the the beliefs of yes. you know your fucking idiot peers because they're not your peers anymore but in high school it mm-hmm. feels that way it feels like even these dipshits who have absolutely you know no right judging you you still as at that age you feel that pressure and that's why you know that's the girls and boys kind of thing but yeah, yeah i think a lot of people you know once yeah once you get older once you get an education once you find your tribe that's you know when people find their sexual freedom and so it's it's almost not as uh, well. I don't, you know, actually, I don't know. I, I'm sure a lot of people uh, might have to deal with that, like well into their life, before they really realize uh, their own truth. I guess. I don't know. I I think I took us took us way off yeah, topic. Everyone's different. Everyone's brought up different, <laughs> so they're different stages. Yeah. Oh no, you're absolutely fine. I feel like I go on rants too, so you're okay. Well, also, like, I mean, some people might be like, you know, I hit their sixties and be like, Yo, why am I not fucking? And like. <laughs> You know, get out there and like <laughs> get it while they can. That's why, uh, yeah. You know, a lot of like assisted living homes and you know stuff like uh, old folks homes, places like that, STDs are rampant because people are like, I heard about get, that. I just in. can't imagine. Yeah. Hell yeah. Not that I can't imagine, but I just can't imagine like, especially when I'm trying to focus. I mean, maybe you know what? I'm not that age, so maybe at that point, I'm like, who gives a fuck? But I don't know. I just could only imagine, like, would it be comfortable? Because can you even get into, like, certain positions? Like, do you have to have a cane? Like, I, I obviously am stereotyping. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> man. But uh, if anybody's interested, man, orgy at the old folks' home tonight at 7 p.m. Uh, DM <laughs> me. I'll send you the address. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, God, I might have to edit some of that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. It's time to reach into the mailbag or possibly a new segment called Ask Doug. We're still working it out, but my incredibly wise and talented co-producer wants Ask Doug. I want to keep saying mailbag. The only difference this week is that we are going to take real questions from real people and not just read catfishers and scammers. So <clears throat> here we go. Oh, and by the way, I apologize. I will mispronounce all of your Instagram handles. The first question comes from Nettikins. Who invented the peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Uh, I'm fairly certain it was either my mom or my grandma. Can't be. I'll have to get back to you on that. But one of them definitely did. This first one I ever saw. Oh, here's another one. <clears throat> this comes from Casablanca. Good name. I like that. Uh, why are dogs awesome? Um, well, I wouldn't want to get into a lot of like science mumbo jumbo and just go ahead and say that probably God made them that way. So there's your answer, Casablanca. Uh, the next question comes from Optimus Prime. If you're driving your car at the speed of light and you turn on your headlights, will they work? I think that if you're driving your car at the speed of light and you turn your headlights and there might be like a deer in the road or some kind of other obstruction, they probably won't work. You'll probably hit it. So I would suggest drive uh, the speed limit. It's there for a reason. Thank you, Optimus Prime. Oh, and here's one from Linda Ryan. I'm here looking for a sugar baby who's loving, caring, sincere, honest, and understanding to take care and spoil rotten with allowances. You know, I'm reminded of the famed poet Jeff Foxworthy. When I say that you might be a serial killer if you keep sending me these stupid fucking DMs, Linda. No offense. 
And last but definitely not least, <laughs> we've got one from Babuga. And I'm sorry if I said that wrong. Where do you get your inspiration from? Uh, shit, I don't know. That time I found out that guy from Fear Factor had a podcast. And I was like, oh, I love that show. And then, and then I made this podcast. And here we are. So this has been another edition of Mailbag. Thank you so much for writing the show. Now back to the interview. <laughs> All right. Moving on to more sex stuff. Uh, famed poet Ludacris said that some people say that sex is overrated, but that's because they just aren't doing that right. And I tend to agree with Luda on that. Uh, a large facet of your art is that it is sex positive. Uh, and we were just on this, but just maybe like a little bit more. Can you express, uh, explain to me what, what sex positivity, uh, sex positivity even means like that actual phrase, what that means. And, so, and then a little bit more about how that's expressed in your art. Does that make sense? Is that. So with sex positivity, the reason why I draw it so much or why it's so prevalent in my art or why I think it's important is just because again, because of like religion, but also like the lack of like sex education and just like gender norms where women are it's subtle it's not like oh you're supposed to cook all of a sudden but there's still like that weird like thing where women are still seen as um protectors and like child bearers and um I don't know I just want to stray away from that and like I don't want to associate sex with like procreation I want to make like a very clear distinction and it does also come from me being in a vacuum like specifically like the area I was brought up in the fact that um there was a house church in my house like in Argentina I've been I grew up in the church even now I have to like sometimes listen to like zoom like sermons or whatever so it's more like just being in a vacuum, hearing like how people just aren't okay with their own bodies, aren't okay with even like masturbation, aren't okay with a lot of um, aspects. Well, here's a big issue. I have a big issue with people like assuming like, okay, they waited till marriage and then on their like wedding night, they hype this up. And it's just like, if you have no experience and you don't even know what you like, it's going to be awful. Like there's so many people that have talked to me and said like, oh my gosh, it was so painful. It was horrible. And it's because they never masturbated. They don't know what they're like. They don't know what they like. And they were dry as a desert. And the guy clearly doesn't know what to do either. So I don't know. I hear all these horrifying things. And then like, they say like, oh, I don't really like it. And I'm not saying you have to like it. But I think that's where the overratedness also comes from, where they're kind of like, oh, this is what it hyped up to be. And it's just like, it's because you made it into this very like special moment. And I don't know, I like to almost like demystify like this, like, oh, you have to like wait, oh, it's gonna be like this big thing. Cause I think a lot of people can say like their first time was kind of horrendous. Um, so maybe not, maybe not. There are some people that had a great time, but especially if the, like the other person doesn't have like a lot of experience, you don't have a whole lot of experience. It doesn't always <laughs> go as planned. <laughs> uh hell yeah <laughs> that was that was yeah. a perfect answer and that was the, exactly what i was trying to get to and thank you and i definitely would say you when you were saying something about uh not wanting to associate sex with, with procreation mm -hmm. uh in my own personal experience i've spent my entire life trying to make sure that sex does not end up in procreation <laughs> yes <laughs> so far so good uh same here moving on a little bit uh, i just want to say you don't have to ask me twice to drink a Pabst Blue Ribbon beer. Uh, however, if your artwork was all over the can, that would be the only beer I would drink for sure. And what was the deal with you almost being the uh, designer for the new Pabst Blue Ribbon uh, cans? So I actually saw it. It's actually kind of funny. I saw it on a Facebook ad and I, there was only like two days left to like enter. And I was like, oh my God, I got to like do it. So um, I went to the website and I just didn't even think about it. I kind of went with my first design and I just drew something and then I waited. And then um, I don't know how I heard from them. I don't know if I heard him from the, I think I heard through an email or I heard from like their Instagram. I wasn't sure how um, I was made aware about it, but um, 
shoot, I don't want to talk crap about Paps Holy Ribbon, but I do have like, <laughs> so, not beef, but I, my, my big qualm with them was the fact that um, there was some finalists that didn't even know that they were finalists just because of how they did it, like through Instagram stories or whatever. So they only found out like the last day to like vote or something like that. And then like other issues was more like along the lines where they didn't tell you how long people can vote for. So they, and they kept like the website going even like past its time, like months later. So there was a lot of like random things. And also um, votes were only like 25%. The other 25% was Paps Ribbon, um, past winners then, which would be, yeah. And then the other 25% was Junk Suppose Magazine. So, but none of that was like, told to us so I wish we had a little bit more transparency but yeah on positive on a positive note because I know that wasn't necessarily positive um no it was a lot of fun I went with like my I looked at some of the previous winners and I tried to design something like I wanted to make sure that okay they're following like these colors they aren't going way out of the box and I try to make more it kind of looks very patriotic but I try to make kind of a red, white, and blue um, design. They and, are a very yeah. patriotic looking yes. beer. They? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. I mean, hey, that's an American beer, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you got like a, one patriot point for every PBR you ever drank, I'd be like Benjamin Franklin right now. Or something. <laughs> 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 All right. Hannah, I got to tell you, we are getting dangerously close to the lightning round. Uh I know that you've heard this podcast before, and I think you know what the lightning round is, but let me explain the rules real quick. This is the game segment of the podcast. I'm going to ask you a series of questions super fast. You have to answer them, uh, but you don't have time to think. Thinking's not allowed. These are gut reaction answers only. So just, and uh, you always have the right to say pass. You can always be like, I'm not answering that question. That's a bad question. So that's, but it might uh, take away from some of your points if you want to win. However, I have an extremely high uh, hope that you're going to win. I, I, you know what? I think I know you're going to win. Okay. <laughs> all right. Let's start out with some uh, crazy shit that since we've already been doing all this religious stuff, I'm wondering if I can piss off a few more people before we go. <clears throat> <laughs> okay. Maybe you can explain this. Why do all the people in the Abrahamic religions, and by that, obviously, I mean Jews, Muslims, and Christians, why don't they realize that all of their religions are practically indistinguishable and they've been fighting wars each other? Like, why have they been fighting wars against each other for thousands of years if it's about religion? Um, I think it's just because they're in different parts of the world. So they're only like the United States only cares about the United States. Like you can even tell this by the way how they talk. And I'm pretty sure like Islamic cultures, like they're focusing on their like situation currently. So I think everyone is just kind of like in their own like minds. And um, yeah, I hope that answered the question. I agree entirely. My answer would have been uh, they're just fighting over land and resources and using religion as a foil. <clears throat> oh, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, basically, that's what you just said. All right, moving on. We're doing really good. A lot of these lightning rounds don't go this fast. We're kicking ass. All right. <laughs> what do you think is the most sex positive song ever written? Oh, Lord. Um, ooh, I'm really bad at this type of thing. There's this one song from The Weeknd, and it's called... I feel like I can sing it, but I, hold on. I'm trying to think of the name. <laughs> I'm just going to... I pass. Pass. <laughs> Although I would bring it back to Ludacris again with that uh, that song. What's your fantasy? That's a good. That's a good sex positive. That's a good song. song. I'm trying to think. I, I don't I really listen to a lot of sexual songs. To your toes, I don't want to move from the bed down to the down to the flow. I don't want to. Yeah, that's probably much better. So good, I don't want to leave. All right, I don't know. I better just stop fucking doing my Ludacris impression. All right, what do you think is the least sex positive song ever written? Oh, there's so many. I would say just any Christian song, really. Um, specifically, any like old hymn, like "I Come to the Garden Alone." There we go. That has nothing that's like sex positive in it. 
All right. You heard Unless you mean anti-sex. <laughs> then I don't really. Actually, I feel like a lot of people. So like a lot of um, Christian songs, they don't even want to address it. So they don't even talk about it. So, yeah. Yeah. Although I would, I'd be willing to bet that there's some shit by like Marilyn Manson or <laughs> someone like that who like honestly was trying to be sexy, but like it came out like all wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Moving on. We're, dude, we're kicking out. This is actually lightning. Lightning round is really happening. I'm so happy. <laughs> Some of these lightning rounds are like half the interview. All right. You put a lot of vagina flowers in your art. However, in nature, most flowers are hermaphrodite. Do you think sometime in the future, more of your flowers will have penises too? Ooh, I think like it will incorporate that. I never even thought about it. Like, it's not that I never thought it. Actually, no, I haven't. I should definitely incorporate that. And then you could have like uh, bees like flying around and getting like the sperm from one flower and putting it in oh. the vagina of another flower. I love that. Yeah. You said that like, well, you did talk about how you wanted um, to like draw a little bit more like on the iPad, but like you already have some creativity going on. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Hey, do you think that Mel Gibson is a little bit out of line claiming that he's being persecuted? I mean, he did move to Hollywood from Australia and had one of the most successful movie careers anyone has ever had and he's still allowed to be in movies after publicly saying some pretty inflammatory things about jewish people what do you think oh yeah i don't think like <laughs> he's being persecuted like i think that people no one's like above critique in my opinion so and sure if you're pulling things from like really old or whatever i do think people can change but yeah um i don't necessarily like subscribe to the whole idea of cancel culture however there are definitely people like shane dawson that should be canceled all right mel you made it to that one but you better watch out in the future because <laughs> my views <laughs> are my own doesn't will not take any more of your shit all right <clears throat> hey speaking of uh washed up republican actors how does Bruce Willis not have enough money to retire yet? Because I don't know if you've seen anything he's made in the past five years, but it's embarrassing. Your opinion. Ooh. <laughs> you think he's in trouble like, with the mob? He's not like one of my like top favorite actors. I think the only like movies I've seen. Oh, wait, 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 wait. He was on the fifth element, right? But see, that's uh, old. Yeah, the greatest film ever made. Yeah, so, like, okay, his old content is great. I can't really talk about his, like, newer content, but um, I do think that certain actors, like, it kind of goes through their head, like, they did a couple good movies, and now they're kind of, like, stale. So. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love I love Die Hard. I love The Fifth Element. I like The Sixth Sense. I yeah. like so much Bruce Willis. He is, and also, as in my childhood coming up, I mean, so many movies, loved him so much. I just don't know why he either will just not retire with his billions of dollars, or I mean millions, or uh, make a good movie. I don't know why he's making all these shit movies. It might just be like, just because you have like money, like you also want to stay occupied. And like, sure, if you have money, you can go on vacations and go do things. But like, I'm pretty sure like their houses are really expensive. So in order to pay for their like yeah. electric bills and stuff like that, I don't know how much they have saved up, but then again, he is like a millionaire billionaire. So yeah, he probably is fine. All right. Uh, so Bruce Willis, if you're listening to this, I just want to say, man, I'm a huge fan and I hope you didn't <laughs> find that uh, question insulting whatsoever at all. Uh, all right. Last question in the lightning round. You're kicking ass. Uh, this was a tough one though. I mean, uh, this is a speculative one. And by the time this episode comes out, we might actually even know the answer. Is Trump going to flee to Russia or do you think he'll try to hunker down in Florida and face his upcoming legal battles? Oh, for sure. Florida, especially since um, they voted like red. So like, I think he will be okay in Florida. I mean, no, hold on, hold on. There's a lot of crazy people in Florida, so they're probably going to be okay. Like, all right, we'll take one more. But um, yeah, I don't think he's going to go with Russia. Like, now that he's, like, done, I'm pretty sure Russia, like, there's no reason to, like, well, you know, you, know, you know what I mean? The Russian media is, like, like all over. Like, they're they're inviting him. They're like, they're, like, come to Russia. You can be an oligarch here. We love you. They, like, like all over the Russian media. Like, all the 
they have all these news outlets that are just like saying like, come on, uh, Trump, because it would be a huge PR uh, victory for Russia for a U.S. president to defect to them. And also, Do you think Melania you know, will go? I, I mean, they probably gonna, might split up, but yeah. I think she's going to divorce him and go back to Transylvania. <laughs> but I, I mean, you know, because Trump's got a lot. It's more than just shit he did while being president. He's got like, what, 17 rape charges he has to face. He's got uh, tax uh, evasion in New How York. How do you say He's, that? Yeah, like he might like go to jail. Oh, I hope he goes to jail because I really hope that like shows like other people that have definitely, like I feel like all like the racist people like, came forward and they're like okay it's okay to be racist again or xenophobic so yeah now that you bring that all up especially like with his taxes and all i think that like yeah maybe he will like try which is kind of funny because like of course you'd go to like russia you wouldn't go to something like mexico or whatever just because he like talks shit about them for such is, a long time he is certainly not welcome in mexico i think the yes. only place he really can flee to is uh russia yeah yeah all right. for sure well i want to tell you something Ding, 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 ding. You just won the lightning round and you did an excellent job and you made it actually lightning fast. So thank you so much. Uh, Hannah, where can people check out your art? Um, You can follow my Instagram, which is Hannah High Arts. Um, And then my website is hannahhighart.com. And then, yeah, you can look at my Redbubble. It will be in my Instagram. Um, I have a link tree and you could just click it. All right, everybody go check out Hannah Heizar, it is really fun and really cool, and I like it a lot. Hannah, thank you so much for uh, being on the show. Thank you for having me. I appreciate this. Thank you for listening to My Views Are My Own. If you'd like to send me a message, hit me up at myviewsaremyown.com or on Instagram or on Twitter. Uh, if you don't know how to use the internet, go to your local internet cafe, like how Jason Bourne did. But Instead of like the born identity, it'd be called your last name identity. And that would be really cool for you. I really think that'll work out. So uh, those are really your options for hitting me up. And oh, don't forget to subscribe or share with a friend. You know, your friend really needs to hear this episode. I know they're going through a lot of questions about religion right now. And just send this to them. I'm sure it will make their life better. Thanks for listening.